The dude. Hey, welcome everybody to a special Friday edition, is it? Hey, I, I think hey. it's uh, someone's birthday today it too, is. isn't it? Uh, do the honors here. Yeah, my son Noah Vincent is 21 today. Ooh. Uh, check him out, man. He's a he's a photographer, a videographer down yeah. there in South Florida. There he is, right there. I think that's at the Hunter Art Museum, isn't it? Ooh. He's um yeah, he's doing quite well down there. He's got his art up there on uh, Noah's dot art on instagram and yeah. uh vino on tiktok so wow. give him a look here and here's a cool thing as well i, I like that picture right there that that number four picture is yeah pretty cool but uh check out this um check out this uh this video that he did uh, with his with his uh this drone footage of ditch surfing down there in naples florida ditch surfing yeah check this out Okay, so the truck pulls him, the, the car pulls him along the road there, and you're in the ditch just surfing along? Yeah, on a, on a wakeboard uh, surfing, through the, uh, surfing through the ditches. Now, you, you let your kids live a little risky, don't you? Yeah, well, I grew up in free-range parenting. Uh, let them roll. Yeah, very cool, man. <laughs> you know? I took my BMX in some drainage ditches myself. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, happy birthday, Noah. Thanks a lot, guys. With fantasy right. football season set to kick off, Michael Vincent. Yeah. It's time to have trophy smacks. Matt Walsh back on the show. We need to get some energy going too around this because if you watched uh, the preseason game last night, like Geno Smith, yeah, like, yeah, are, the yeah, Seah- yeah. are the Seahawks really going to start this season with Geno Smith as the quarterback? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it could be. Remember when he went with the Jets and he got his jaw broken and like he couldn't even start <laughs> yeah. the season with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Geno Smith is Glass your starting Joe. quarterback. <laughs> Man, we're getting into uh, double brokering. Freight Caviar's Paul Bernard Jarosowski is going to be back here, and I heard he might have Matt Leffler with him to keep it all legal. Oh, very cool. Yeah. We're going to get into uh, Robert Kerfuffle, too. He's going to get us up to speed. Kerfuffle. Everything we need to know about <laughs> break safety week. Got a lot of news to get into, so let's tip the band and get some headlines. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Search Transportation thinks non-competes are stupid. Non-competes chase away good talent and stop talented people from joining the supply chain industry. Tear up your non-compete. It is not enforceable. Instead, email jobs at searchtranslation.com and do what? Open your own office tomorrow, my friends. Headlines. Get it doing. What do we got here? Well, it's a tough story. First one right here. Oh, Check okay. out this picture. This gentleman's GoFundMe. Family of trucker crushed by load seeks help, right? He's on the road to recovery. This gentleman's trying to mend. Last Friday, a load of posts rained down from Steve Blanchard's trailer directly on top of him. His son, Dustin Blanchard, took to Facebook. He said he broke both his legs, fractured two ribs, has fractures in his C7 vertebrae, and a couple other vertebrae fractures as well. He was transported to Providence St. Patrick's Hospital in Missoula, Montana, where he's now recovering. Being an owner-operator, independent driver, wheels aren't turning. He is not making money, especially what he's laid out here. Family has started a GoFundMe. Go check it out. What do you think, though? Yeah, it's a sad story, dude. But, I mean, I, I'm seeing people hitting that stuff. I checked it out a little bit to see where it's going. Just yeah. to, you, you get, go fund to help out this family, man. What a bad situation it is. Yeah, it's up about a thousand since I put in the What the Truck newsletter yeah. yesterday. Let's let's do better. Let's give back to a driver yeah, out here, get people. Let's there. see if we can... Get click, this uh, click here back on their feet, right? Yeah. Speaking of someone who might need some help, Heisen, Heisen Motors, right? They just kicked out their CEO, Craig Knight, 
as they are uh, underwater with this big financial probe that's going on. Al Nather has the full story on FreightWaves.com, but it goes a little something like this. Highs on Motors, they ousted that CEO that I just mentioned because of this financial quagmire of how this trucking fuel cell maker reported revenue in China and managed its internal financial controls. Where have we heard stuff like this before? <laughs> Parker Meeks was most recently Hyacinth's chief strategy officer. He was named president and interim CEO, effective immediately. Knight was removed as a company director, and the board is searching for a new CEO externally and internally. So I don't know. You want to go work for Hyacinth? You think you got the credentials? They're looking. Go straighten this stuff out Straight right now. The board also demoted George Gu from executive chairman to just non-executive chairman. Uh -huh. uh, and he will be advising Meeks on strategic R&D initiatives. But the SPAC-backed spinoff of Singapore-based Horizon Fuel Cell Technologies also said in a security and exchange uh, commission uh, filing that it will uh, not meet its revised deadline to uh, report its second quarter earnings Ugh. or the restate the back reports. I guess there's some stuff there. And that's going to uh -oh. jeopardize their NASDAQ listing. But, you can't uh, go and buy the stock either? Uh, well. When they know. take you from executive chairman to a non-executive chairman, is that like when Twitter takes the blue check mark away from you? I get like the I think you, identity? you lose the uh, key to the executive uh, washroom, I think. Well, this company, I don't know how much financial trouble they're in because it says in the SEC filing, Heisen said it would be too expensive to accelerate internal investigation to meet the NASDAQ uh, deadline for this filing. They said here the company anticipates significant changes to the results of operations for the three to six months that ended in June 30, 2022 Yikes. is comparing to the corresponding periods ending June 30, 2021. The final dollar impact of the results of operations are not yet determined due to this ongoing investigation. Sounds like a mess, but if yeah. you want to step into that role, they are hiring for a CEO. Yeah. So. There you go. Get over here. Now, here's <laughs> one, too. We got to show you some video here. Tragedy in Ellsberg has raised oh, yeah. blind spot questions. Take a look at this right here. This happened earlier in the week. There's a 65-year-old woman you're watching right now from California. She's at a pilot travel center in Ellsberg, Washington. As you can see, this truck approaches her. And unfortunately, the video is not going to show you this, but I don't know what happened here. The driver never saw her or what, but that truck runs that woman over. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm glad they cut that off because yeah. I, I don't want to see any. Stuff there. That is unbelievable. And we, we also have a view here of the top of the of the parking lot as well to kind of yeah. look this and look at this in perspective and see what's going on. See that green arrow there? There's the truck entering the parking lot. It's traveling quite slowly, right? Maybe yeah. four or five miles an hour, something like that. Uh, yeah, just a couple of most at the most. And that proximate length of that point of impact is about 300 feet. So using those, you know, things, the, the, the trailers that you see there, the 70 foot long tractor trailers as reference, that's a long way. 40 seconds to go over there, right? That's a lot of time to do some sweeps of the parking lot to see what is going on and not hit someone walking in front of you, right? I mean, I'm looking at the video and it's like, what was that driver looking at? Uh, the person's right there and it's not like he turned the corner and she just ended up right in his blind spot. I mean, he is driving with a straight on view, as you can see on that map for a yeah. while. I don't know if his attention was to the right. He was looking over at the pumps and he just at no point whatsoever looked forward or what happened there. Horrible tragedy though. Yeah. It, it really is. When I very first saw that, I thought, well, maybe he was still checking his, his side as he's coming around a corner or something like that, but he was obviously traveling straight 
for quite some time before this this happened. So not watching what was going on, quite yeah. obviously. I mean, drivers out there obviously double check where you're going and pedestrians walk into those truck parking lots too. Don't assume. Oh my gosh. Don't assume a truck sees you, you know? Yeah, no. Don't assume. No. Especially you got your little kids with you. I always freak out when I'm walking like through the Walmart parking lot and I got my kids because, you know, they're five and seven years old and they're, they're lower than like most people's bumpers. Yeah. yeah. So I always make sure like hold their hands and stand between oh, yeah, them and yeah, be yeah, like yeah. the big, the big object that's in view. Yeah. Yeah. I bet, you know, no, my son, no, he's 21. He probably still gets out of the car and waits for me to come out around and grab his hand before he walks out. Well, <laughs> just, you do not leave this car before he goes, unless uh, you hold my hand. <laughs> before he goes trench surfing. <laughs> that's right. Before he goes trench surfing. <laughs> hey, we woke a gentleman on the, in the, who's in the green room now up early. He looks fantastic. It is Matt Walsh, <laughs> founder over at Trophy Smack. He's rubbing his hands together, summoning the energy needed to perform on What the Truck. Matt, how are you? Gentlemen, I'm doing great. The fantasy season is upon us. Not a problem uh, it's, over here. It so is. You know, we, we've been talking, we were complaining like all summer that, you know, they, like I'm a Red Sox fan. Red Sox have been terrible. Uh, they've had a <laughs> yeah. uh, past couple months. Football couldn't come right. soon enough. College and regular. I'm even up last night, staying up late, watching Geno Smith play, <laughs> like starting for the season. I'm like, what am I even doing with my life? That's how bad I crave football right now, man. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, and I uh, I was getting my hair cut two days ago. My wife set up the appointment for me, a little, little past due, and it's at Sports Clips, and they had ESPN on, and it was their fantasy segment, and it's just showing how many leagues have drafted. It's a ticker, and it was up over 2 million. So I'm just getting my hair cut thinking, 2 million leagues need new trophies. Let's go! Let's <laughs> go. Wow. Did any of them draft Geno Smith? you'd probably get him as a free agent we uh we'll show off some of your stuff here to roll that tape that we put together of some of the stuff that trophy smack makes for people who may not have caught matt on the show before but uh if you're not familiar too our belt right here on the desk is also a trophy smack belt he was on shark tank but you know this is a good time to bring it up again matt because you just did a shark tank update how did that go Yes, the, the Shark Tank update was fantastic. Um, a few folks at the Shark Tank production team are big fantasy football um, enthusiasts. So it, I've kept in touch talking about fantasy football, which is so much fun, and also kind of plugging how we're doing. So, you know, when they see some of these plugs, they're like, okay, we need to do an update because these championship belts that had just rolled through, that really changed things for us. Um, you know, when we launched, it was fantasy football trophies and, and fantasy football belts. But I've always known that there's a much broader application for what we do and how we set up our supply chain. So being able to make a custom belt on demand with any company's logo, with any custom text on six pounds of solid chromed out metal has really changed the game for us. And it got us uh, that update package within a year and a half. That is really awesome. So how would you rate your Shark Tank experience, my friend? Oh, I mean, I, like we're talking like a star, like a Yelp review, stars, five out of five, 10 out of 10. I mean, just, just personally, I mean, it's a, it's a life-changing bucket list item that, you know, I'm at a fantasy football expo last weekend at the Football Hall of Fame. Um, Trophy Smack actually joined the flag football tournament, which – I'm sore as all heck right now. I can barely walk. But just people that I don't know that are coming up to me saying, I can't believe you're on Shark Tank and you represented our industry. Like that 
is invaluable. You know, just that level of awareness that I'm used to picking up the phone and making hundreds of calls to kind of sniper that awareness, but now it's just this big, broad net that, you know, makes selling a lot easier. <laughs> uh, you, I yeah. saw that post about your football experience. It said, how did out of shape middle-aged dads beat the tournament favorite, a stacked team with division one players stacked <laughs> out with professional gear. Well, how did, how did you do? What was the, uh, what was the final tally? You just can't underestimate that strength. You know, you have to keep another human being alive. Like it, it, there's something, there's something there that's immeasurable. Um, but we, we entered this, this flag football tournament like three days before the expo started. And, you know, we're all, we're all middle-aged dads that are, that are fairly out of shape. We show up and the day before the flag football tournament, folks are, are running routes. They're exercising, they're training, and they have matching jerseys. They all have cleats. They all have professional gear and gloves. And we're looking at each other like, okay, let's go, let's go get some course light. There's no point in practicing. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're tailgating before our game started. And, you know, they underestimated us. We made it to the finals. We, we lost in the finals by one play. It was an epic game. I mean, the whole, we're playing at the Football Hall of Fame, which is pretty surreal. You know, the Jaguars and the Raiders were playing there a couple of weeks ago. So that was a surreal experience in itself. But the semifinals, we played against the tournament favorite, you know, the Division One college players. And they actually targeted me on most of the plays. And uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> I was in their heads to the whole game. Awesome, man. Awesome. You, so you were a football player. What are your, what are your um, uh, tag football tips, flag football? I, I tried to play it after I quit uh, after college. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Oh. I, I couldn't do it. I wanted to hit people and I, and I couldn't do it. And there's, <laughs> there's also something to be said when you come from that team sport where you're playing just that position yeah. and then playing a bunch of, a bunch of guys, it's really difficult to control that. Cause everybody's looking for a coach, right? Oh. And everybody there is trying to coach that team and it's hard really to control what's going on. Yeah. But Matt, it's almost like you're having a, Matt's the coach. Jesse, Matt comes from the world of supply chain. He is used to chaos. Yeah, yeah, chaos exactly. I, 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 I think it, it's just a really different animal. We couldn't get our shit together either. Ah, yeah. Ah. No, it's tough. But you mentioned I that soundbite. Used to chaos. That that was our secret sauce that I didn't fully appreciate and realize until this moment. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're all used to saying you know run run uh, uh, you know fifty six spread and everybody does what they're supposed to do and they're planning on all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. Now you get in this situation and they all want to be heroes and it just breaks down, right? Yeah. The the team concept just breaks down. It doesn't work. But anyway, that's my experience and probably why you actually had an advantage and I, I could see that happening. Which what, hey, what's the conference scene like out in uh, Canton and how is that Hall of Fame stadium? Uh, it was it was really cool. We it's only a three year running conference and i know the guy who founded and organizes it pretty well we made all of the awards for the event naturally which was which was a really fun experience um but we were out there for three days i got an airbnb for the whole team so i would say like one of the biggest value propositions was just the company culture aspect for us you know everyone is there we're all together for three days we had you know a, one of the, the main booths um Actually, really, this, this is this is a great guerrilla marketing story. Um, we had booth number three, so it was prominent. It was right in front, but we brought a lot of stuff. We brought a lot of championship belts. 
Uh, we brought a custom beer pong table, and to our left and to our right, you know, we're not going to fit everything. So we get there, we're just looking at all of our boxes, all of our stuff, and we're looking at the space, and behind us is a curtain. We look behind the curtain, and there's an extra 12 feet of space from the curtain, where that's the backdrop of, you know, the, let's say 10 booths in this row. There's 12 feet from the curtain to the wall. So we open the curtain up, we put our backdrop, which looks like a, a trophy room, and it's got a you know, a unicorn bust at the top <laughs> instead of like, you know, a moose. And it's a, it's a really cool design. We put it on the back of the wall and we put our beer pong table on the left. We go pick up a, a TV locally that we wound up auctioning off on the right. And we turn the entire backspace behind everyone's booth into a speakeasy. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so you just kind of took over. There wasn't a lot of rules going on at the uh, Doubletree there in Canton. So, yes and no. You know, <laughs> you know if this was at a, a, a CSCMP Edge conference, that I wouldn't have even attempted that. Yeah. But it, fantasy football community, everyone kind of knows each other. There was a good 1,200 people there. So it was double last year, and last year was double the year prior. So it was a great turnout. But the folks to our left and our right, you know, we were the spot to be. You know, we had we had a lot of um, libations behind the curtain, and we offered that to our neighbors, and they were all for it. <laughs> yeah, they got a lot of good foot traffic because you guys were the attraction sitting there. Sure. Heck yeah, yeah, you want to set up right next to you guys. Yeah, we've Absolutely. all worked boots before, too. No one oh, yeah. needs to speak easy to sneak off to. It's not like you're going to narc that out or, or cause yeah, trouble. Yeah. You can <laughs> allow the union event people to worry about that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they, hey, these guys have beer back there. <laughs> well, Matt, you said something interesting earlier, though. You were like, yeah, there's going to be like 100 million fantasy sports leagues or something to that effect. I was looking up the numbers in 2019. Fantasy sports as a category was worth more than $7 billion. Your peak's coming up. Fantasy football season is starting. How do you demand plan for the season coming up? The demand planning has, has been really interesting because for fantasy football, it's a seasonal business within a seasonal business. And as a startup, we, you know, our, our limited resource was capital. Um, and that balancing act of how much do we get knowing that at the end of draft season, we have to wait until week 17 before anyone needs a trophy. At the end of week 17, we have to wait until August before there's drafts, right? So we, our first year, 2018, sold out of everything. Our second year, we doubled down, sold out of everything. Our third year, pandemic, uh, that didn't go so well with no sport. Um, but, but this year, we we. We probably had 20, 23 containers total, and we're seeing how far it'll go. So, you know, we're, we're incremental. We're not being sort of belligerent with just throwing as much at the wall and seeing what sticks. We're, we're being strategic and, and pushing the limits, and it's, it's, it's worked out pretty well so far. It's, the demand is there, and, and now we're in a position where we can really strike. Let's talk about that. Not like, let's show that grill really quick. I was curious about this one. Whose idea was the grill? <laughs> and did they cast this um, on your teeth? And when you're at these fantasy conferences, are you asking the people walking around to speak easy? Like, what kind of gift would you want for winning your tournament? That this that right here. This is the funnest part about this business 
thinking of ridiculous product <laughs> ideas, talking to people about ridiculous product ideas. And there's, you know, there's all, there's unlimited ideas and talking to folks at the conference, talking to friends, everyone has, Oh, it would be so cool if we had this. And a lot of it is, is impossible from a supply chain, a cost standpoint. Um, the, the, the fantasy champion grills, uh, it was maybe like two years ago where I, I forget where the idea came from, but I just remember seeing, I don't know, some, someone that had one. And I'm thinking if I walked into my draft party, it's one thing to have a big old belt on your shoulder. You walk with a big trophy, but if you walk in with the grill, you're almost like sandbagging that smack talk. So you walk in. No one really knows. And then and then you flash a fantasy champion grill. I felt like they just had like an extra, <laughs> uh, I don't know, punch to it. So um, very fun product. It, it uh, didn't sell as much as I thought it would because it's a lower price point. I thought it would be an easier, spontaneous purchase. They do sell. The folks that do buy them are, uh, are my kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> that's but awesome we sent, we, sent grill, we sent the grills to like a few of the bigger names and influencers um in the industry and they'll take pictures with them and just seeing that you know that that product didn't exist you know three years ago no like there wasn't even like a thought that that would be a thing so seeing um you know folks that are hosting a serious xm fantasy football show taking pictures with the grill on is just like, okay, yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Matt, is there any thought to, uh, to the loser trophies there? You know, fantasy football leagues love to shame the losers that are out there. You get any requests for that type of stuff? Yeah. So we, when we launched, we had loser trophies and what we learned and, you know, they sell, but we learned is loser awards need to be, more of a tchotchke. They need to be a $20, $30 price point. They need to yeah. be funny, of course. So um, we've got a 10-pack participation ribbon that looks like your traditional green ribbon. It says participation, but at the bottom in that like gold foil text, it says, in other words, you suck at fantasy football. So the 10-pack, <laughs> you, you know, the champ walks in and hands them out to everyone else in the league. <laughs> um, gotcha. We made a little mirror. That, you know, this is like a, it's a tchotchke. It's a, it's a $19 product that has free shipping, but it's a, it's a little pink mirror that has a butterfly exterior and on the mirror itself, it says mirror, mirror on the wall, um, who sucks at fantasy football. And you're looking at yourself. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, you know, know it's products like that. Well, Matt, what's cool, too, is you don't just touch fantasy. For example, sitting on the desk right here, we have the belt that you issued us, award us for being the Best Freight podcast. One of the guests we're going to have later, you awarded a belt for being the Best Freight meme lord. And yesterday, I was on a, uh, I was on a sales call with uh, our, our Freight Waves sponsored team. And Vince and I were talking, and one of the girls there, I know she had a WWE belt, like, wrapped around a plant behind her. And yes. I was like, hey, well, you know, what's the belt for? And I said, the sales director gave it to her, and that's how they celebrate sales. And I, I started pitching for you guys. I was like, you need a trophy smack belt, because then I wouldn't have to ask. It would say you're the best salesperson. It would have a Freight Waves logo on it. It wouldn't be a WWE logo, trumping for Vince McMahon, or who's ever in charge now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I mean, that is the premise. And in the last five years, championship belts have really, I think, come a little bit further into pop culture. Um, I remember 
two years ago, the MTV Movie Awards, my wife had it on, and, and like the MC, the host, had a championship belt on the shoulder. And before Trophy Smack, you could get a WWE belt and just say what it's for. But to be able to design it on our website, to put your own logo on it, to type in whatever text, see it in real time, right? Not, you're not just uploading it and hoping. You're seeing what it's going to look like on our site. You press buy, and within a couple weeks, you're getting that custom belt produced on demand and delivered to your doorstep. No one really is in a position to do that except us. So we've seen a ton of success with the championship belts. And, and the fact that the belts are six pounds of solid metal, just from a quality standpoint, there really isn't any belt that compares. So uh, we're in a great position to parlay what we've done with belts into a lot of other products that we've been working on launching. Well, when you were pitching this on uh, Shark Tank, I remember Mr. Wonderful's ears perked up when you talked about your background in supply chain, how it enabled this rapid pace you can do and how you can create these awards on demand. It's been a couple of years since you were on there. What, or a year and a half now, what, uh, what's changed about your supply chain? What stayed the same? What are operations like at Trophy Smack right now? Yeah, the biggest change is the on-demand production. So when we went on to Shark Tank, we hadn't really launched that line of product yet. So the fancy football trophies, we had it down with how we do the engraving and all of the personalization. And we use a 3PL for the bulk of our trophies. Um, you know, our trophies are really big. That commands a ton of space. And it's so seasonal that, you know, we can't really support that overhead in off-season fantasy football months. So we've got a great 3PL partner that, you know, we designed our trophies to be modular. So the customer facing side, there's thousands of SKUs, but really there's, you know, a couple dozen components. So we made it very efficient on the fulfillment side for the 3PL. The introduction of on-demand uh, production was, was a big add-on that, you know, even, I've, even though I've been in supply chain for over 15 years, I've never been in the front line of manufacturing. Um, I've walked the floor and I've talked about, okay, so how do you ship these freight? <laughs> but getting into the ERP side and getting into stages of production and keeping everything, the process clean and everything flowing, that's been a big investment of, of my time and, and Trophy Smack as a whole over the last year. And we've got this thing down. So with that engine now under the current roof that I'm in now, this is a, our new Trophy Smack headquarters. We've, we've been here for three or four months now. We invested into the space. We made it in line with the Trophy Smack brand. Um, people that work here want to work here. Um, you know, custom beer pong tables in the bullpen, 435 o'clock. We've got a running tally of everyone's record. So we've got a really good thing going and launching new custom products that folks can design themselves whether it's for a company, whether it's for sales, whether it's for their fantasy leagues, um, we're in the perfect spot to, to take our existing success and, and hockey stick that. Yeah. And I guess looking for, you know, nascent sports, new sports is, is one of those things, right? I mean, are you guys going to sell out and like support pickleball or, or are you guys going to just say no oh, to the pickleballers? I love, I love that you mentioned pickleball because pickleball is hot. Yeah, and it is. Every day I review search terms on our website that yielded zero results. And 
you guys would be blown away with how many ridiculous typos there are of people searching for things that like they just spell it so bad that there's no way that they're going to find. But the number one search result for the last few weeks has been pickleball. And I had a meeting this morning before this, before this session here about our pickleball championship belt. So oh, wow. That's coming, coming, that's coming Labor Day, right after Labor Day, pickleball championship belt. Uh, we also launched um, uh, our, our mini belts. We're, we're calling them youth sports belt and then baby belt. So smaller belts, lower price point. You know, some folks want to just have a belt on display on their desk and they, they want a smaller belt. I've always oh, yeah. subscribed to, we need bigger, we need more in your face, but um, we have the smaller belts now. And so pickleball will be the full size, the medium size and the small. Oh, sweet. Cool. I was saying, didn't just last week or maybe it's this weekend that Mark Cuban is uh, endorsing one of these tournaments, right? Big time. I also oh saw that uh, a narcissistic yeah. man left a woman a shell of herself, and I saw another pickleball group. Uh, they had <laughs> Occupy. What was it? Occupy tennis. Occupy tennis courts. Uh, it's crazy. Like There's a whole pickleball yeah. war going on out there, Matt. I love it all. I love it all. Um, before we let you go, anything new we should be excited about coming out uh, this year? Yes, the product line I've been working really hard to launch. I won the launch in time for fancy draft season, but it just didn't happen. Um, and there's more than enough stuff going on. But we are looking at other products in the awards um, industry and, and a category that's uh, a top moving skew that we don't really have an offering for is wall plaques. And, and wall plaques are very similar to trophies in that it's the same. It's been the same for a hundred years. It's a piece of wood that looks mm -hmm. like it's old, even though it's new, and it's got some engravings on it. And that's it. So I also look at myself and think, okay, where are some pain points I have when it comes to hanging anything? And when my wife wants me to hang pictures of our kids on the wall, I'm guaranteed to have 20 holes in the wall because one's going to be a little lower, one's going to be a little higher. So we are producing stainless steel metal prints as wall plaques and the attachment to the wall, we're using magnets because the stainless steel is magnetized. So, for example, if you look behind me, I need to change this, this metal print, right? This really reflects me two days ago, but right now I'm not feeling bullish. So, I take this metal print off. Here's where my current head is at right now. This is where I need to be now. <laughs> I need to hold and not look. So, being able to produce on-demand custom wall plaques that are stainless steel, this, I, I feel like this category can be bigger than, than trophies altogether because the application is so much more broad. I can put a customer's logo behind me during implementation. If I'm you know, streaming uh, any esports game, I can put my clan or whatever behind me. I'm on a freight call, I can put that company behind me. I have a different, for the entrepreneurs out there, you have a, a different company you work on, you change that logo right there. You have your draft party at your house. You put something ridiculous up on the wall. The family comes home. You take it down, put the family photo back up. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, hey, hey, great success to you, Dax, the team over there, Mark Cuban. We love it all. Everyone out there, go out down to Trophy Smack and uh, reward your sales team, reward your fantasy players, yeah, or man. just flex. Get, get yourself one of those grills. Sounds good. Take it easy, Matt. Bye. We appreciate your time Thank today. You
Thanks, guys. Talk. <laughs> Pickleball <laughs> and grill. Pickleball or grill? Pickleball or grill. You know, I like those magnets. I had a uh, fat head like 12 years ago, like a oh, yeah, yeah, fat yeah. head. I ordered yeah. one, and they're like a gigantic color form. When you have like right. an eight-foot giant sticker, it like tears and everything when you oh, try yeah, and get yeah. on the wall, and it's got like the, the air bubbles. It was terrible. Yeah, very hard to apply. Uh, a, a fat head? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> very difficult. Very difficult. Well, meanwhile... <laughs> me! Me! You all right, my man? You get your heat stuck in the bin? You get your heat stuck in the bin, my man? What are we up to then? I believe that was uh, I believe that was Paul and Matt Leffler. All right, you can cut, you can cut that tape. Uh, we'll let them get their heads out of the bin. Hopefully, in the next 10 minutes, they'll be able to do that. Search Transformation thinks non-competes are stupid. Non-competes chase away good talent and stop talented people from joining the supply chain industry. Tear up your non-compete. It is not enforceable. It Instead, isn't. you're going to want to email jobs at searchtransportation.com and do what? You're going to open your, your own office tomorrow. Yeah. History lesson, Michael Vincent. Oh, no. For over 35 years, Fleetworthy Solutions has provided a single source of solutions to help monitor and manage DOT compliance while mitigating risk for private and for hire carriers with advanced technologies and exceptional client services. Fleetworthy becomes an extension of your team to help your company go beyond the gates of Mordor. No, beyond no. compliant. That's where you're going to go. Go check out Fleetworthy. All right, let's get to Robert Kaferl, Director of Safety at Reliance Partners. He's going to help you stay out of a kerfuffle in Break Safety Week. Oh, nice. Yeah, welcome back to there. the show. Hey, guys, how are you? I like You're it. Awesome. Where are you hanging out? You're hanging out in the uh, the music store today. Oh, that's my office. I, I get to hang out here every day. I love it. I love it. Which one's, which one's singing to you right now? I just picked up an SG about two oh, months ago. Yeah. I've been uh, learning really? how to play again on that one. Yeah, yeah. I, it depends on the day. Sometimes the 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 hollow body um, blues or the seventy six Stratocaster just depends on the day. Well, Oof. hey, speaking of days, August twenty first to twenty seventh are the days that Break Safety Week is happening, and I think it's most in North America, right? It's U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Um, what are the areas of emphasis this year for Break Safety Week? Well, they're going to be looking at. Uh, Chafing hoses, really, they're going to be looking at the whole braking system. But uh, really, chafing is is where it's at. Your drivers can really participate when they're they're hooking up their trailers and they're looking at the glide hands, looking at the the hoses, and and making sure everything is in line. Um, really, you're looking for for visual clues as to issues there um, from a driver perspective. There's there's two sides to a, um, a brake system when, when you're talking about maintenance. You're talking about mm -hmm. the driver's side and the, the maintenance side. So um, both are critically important, but that's what they're checking this week. Yeah, so uh, how big of a deal is this? Yeah. I mean, what, what violations comprise the largest percentage? Is brakes up there? Is this like a, a huge deal? Yeah, you're talking about brakes, lights, and tires. Yeah. So lights get you stopped. Reflectors get you stopped, and then tires, brakes, big three. Wow. Well, and for people who don't know, when a truck gets put out of service in one of these uh, inspection weeks, or they get written up, what happens? Well, you're gonna have you're gonna have to get it remedied right then. So, um, somebody coming out adjusting brakes, fixing your brakes is is going to be uh, the course of action there. Having a driver wrench on 
trailer brakes isn't going to work anymore. Uh, you, you're going to have to be certified. Uh, those are those are things that your drivers, if you your driver adjusts their their air brakes, there's a bigger issue uh, that goes along with that than just turning a wrench and and getting it back into compliance. There's there's a, a problem with your brake system that needs to be adjusted and and rectified. Yeah. So if you get rid, I mean, when, during an inspection, they find a problem with those brakes. You're not driving away from that, right? I mean, is there? Is there I mean, that that's like you're done right there, right? Yeah. They, there, there's certainly some uh, some wiggle room there. If if you've got um, if you've got some large issues that are putting you out of service, you're not going to go anywhere. What do we have Absolutely to know? Not. What do you have to know then about the North American standard level one and five checks that they're going to be doing? Well, really what, what you want to do is <laughs> right now, Friday, the, the day before the week is a little bit late to be thinking about what you're going to do from a service standpoint. <laughs> yeah. uh, that should have been Plan done. ahead. Uh, tip number one. Yeah. Right. Hey, I, I have three sons that are Eagle Scouts and that's, that's what we do is be prepared. So, um, really what you want to do is, um, make your drivers aware that they're going to have to go through these inspections and they're going to be, they're going to be scrutinized. Their brake systems are going to be scrutinized and they have to be prepared to answer those questions. Um, from a service standpoint, um, really your, your service team, your maintenance team should be focused on this all year long. And if you're seeing, uh, a lot of brake violations throughout the year on your SMS scores, then that what that tells you, those violations tell you that you need to address some critical issues in your maintenance program. Yeah, keep your drivers safe, keep the roads safe. Yeah. Not, I mean, this this isn't something cosmetic we're talking about. We're talking about critical systems here with brakes, you know. I mean, what was that big nuclear verdict with the guy whose brakes were were just shooting out the side, right? I mean, yeah. this this can cost your company a lot of money. It can cost a lot of lives. Get ahead of it. Before we let you go, aside from that, you know, prepared, but let's say you, you're sitting around your yard, you're listening to this show, and you go, uh, is there anything you can do right now to make yourself just a little bit more prepared for next week? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like we talked about, lights get you stopped and then brakes and tires. So doing a a proper pre-trip inspection is going to be key. Now, most drivers, if we're honest, most drivers, if, if they kick the tires, we're lucky. So if you're a driver doing a pre-trip inspection, do it, do it right. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. It's going to, it may save people's lives. So don't take it as something that you have to do. Take it something that you need to do. Your life may depend on the the safe operation of your vehicle. So get out and do it right. Hey, thank you so much for your time today. Great message before we send people off into the weekend and into Brake Safety Week next week. Check out Robert and check out Reliance Partners, Twitter at truck underscore insurance. Thank you so much for your time today, sir. Thanks, fellas. See y'all. We appreciate it. Peace. We appreciate it. All right. All right. You know, you ready for this next day? Are you ready for these two guys? I don't know. I don't know. They look like they're having a really good time in the green. They look that they do. I've been watching them all show. It's Paul cool. Bernard, Jaroslavski.
the uh, famous Bears linebacker, founder at Frank Caviar, <laughs> and yeah. Matthew Leffler. He's the founder at the Armchair Attorney. But they're both sitting in, uh, it looks like armchairs or maybe desk chairs or computer chairs. Bring, bring them up. Let's look at these guys. How, how, where, where are you two? Uh, we're on uh, Matthew's home in St. Charles, Illinois. The home office. It's the place to be. Ooh, what really is nice. in, what's in that case behind you? There's a bunch of law books. What else do you see back there, Paul? Uh, what do I see? J.R. Tolkien. We got the Lord of the Rings. Uh, we love Lord of the Rings here in the Leffler family. I'll tell you that right now. Edgar Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you guys aren't a double brokering tandem, but Paul, on Back the Truck Up, you've been writing a series about double brokers and your trip down to Armenia. Now, when people think about double brokering, they probably think of like Glendale, California. But apparently it happens down in Armenia. What, what goes on with double brokering? And, and is it this real big global event? Uh, so, okay, when it, when it comes to Glendale, California, you essentially have the largest diaspora of Armenians in the world that live in Glendale. And essentially all of them just open up MCs. And they then have people in Armenia essentially doing all the, call, the cold calling and the emails for the for brokers, so uh, it's really big. And I actually, I'm I'm currently writing part three. I'm almost done, but this is where it gets really interesting because I get in trouble with what I believe is the Armenian mafia, Ooh. who stormed the office building that I was in in Armenia, took all of our video content, deleted it. We had the best interviews with these double brokers, and then they deleted all the memes that I was that I had at that point, making fun of double brokers in Armenia. So that, that's part three that's coming soon. And we're going to get into details because afterwards we spent five hours talking to them in a cafe. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a real big issue in, uh, in the freight brokering world. Wow. So there's like big money organized crime behind this stuff, man. Are you, so you're yeah. Mark man. Is that why you're hiding out in, in Leffler's bunker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an attorney with me. I'm, I'm, I feel real safe. We got a dog here protecting us. We're at an undisclosed location that is, in fact, my home. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have you have you thought of bringing some some muscle to this? And Matt, like, well, you're here. It, it, what, is there a legality or an illegality to the double brokering game? Well, this is Bill off your last guest talking about insurance and safety with Reliance Partners. The thing about double brokering is that you don't know who's moving the thing that's being moved. You don't have custody and control. And so the liability there is astronomical. Now, there's certainly some penalties under the FMCSA. But at the end of the day, if you want to safely deliver freight on time and undamaged, you can't go this route of double brokering. The idea of co-brokering is something different where both par- well, all the parties know what's happening. Everyone mm-hmm. signed off on it. Everyone has the legal authority to do it. So this idea that there's organized crime behind circumventing federal regulation and safety standards should come as a surprise to no one. But it does surprise me, talking to Paul, just how endemic it is in the places he's visited. Yeah, I guess it just shocks me that that it's uh, there's that much money behind it, right? It, it almost yeah. seems like me, it's somebody in a, you know going, hey, I can make an extra couple bucks yeah, on Paul, this. Paul, you weren't concerned at all? They would like tie, it would turn into a hostile movie, and then you'd be getting like, tortured on the dark <sighs> web, tied to a chair yeah. or something in Armenia? Like, how no. do you... When you go in that situation, how do you make sure that you're kind of, you know, you're not putting yourself in too much of harm's way? Sure. I mean, I was kind of like worried, but I was after like, we just drank some beers and I was like chilling in a chair and I'm like, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, I don't think they're going to kidnap me, but if they do, I guess it's going to be a good story. They're not going to kill me. Right. So at least I'm going to have, I don't know, I'll try to make some friends. And I, I show up 
ended up making like some good friends that are double brokers that like we still stay in touch. And I mean, I feel bad for them because they don't have like the the actual double brokers that are not part of the organized crime. They're just working to make money. Yeah. They're good people. They're just yeah. like us. They're just trying to make a living. They don't know any any better. They get a company hires them in Armenia, and they're like, oh, I can make a good living here. And they get trained to double broker, and they're like, oh, this is just part of the industry. So, uh, mm. I mean, I, you know, I was I was kind of worried. My videographer was, I mean, he was scared. He was really, he's like a twenty one year old kid. <laughs> and he had no idea this was going to happen. But besides that, I was like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? And I mean, at, at this point, I kind of like, I don't, I'm not exposing any individual. I'm not exposing any company. So I'm just, for the most part, the industry knew what's going on before, before I came. So I'm not too worried, even though I, I do keep it in the back of my mind. <laughs> I would say for Paul, he's still uh, under 30. So he's not fearing existential risk yet. He's still yeah. brave enough and young enough to believe he's invulnerable. I would strongly advise in the future to avoid things that could be dangerous like that. <laughs> I'm I'm very pragmatic. So when I first saw Paul in person, I sized him up and I'm like six foot nine, 250. He would be a pain in the ass to get rid of his body. So I let him walk out of here <laughs> just fine, right? I mean, that, he, how much yeah. lie would you need to dissolve Paul? Yeah, he's not fitting in the trunk of your Prius. No, he's not going to fit in that, <laughs> even though it's a station wagon model. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you? So let's say what, here. Let, let's lose an example there. Let's say Paul goes out there again, and he needs like a lawyer. What What should you do if you find yourself in a hairy situation in Armenia while you're out on a brokerage trip? I am a lawyer in the state of Illinois. I have very little <laughs> advice for people who are traveling internationally. Uh, what I would recommend to anybody is follow the local rules and ordinances. Don't make people upset that you think might be able to do something to you. Uh, I don't know what the rules are for different, like getting someone extracted from a foreign government if they get incarcerated or kidnapped. So my advice to you is if you think you might be in a situation where you may be kidnapped, you ought not to go down that path. And if you think you might want to do that because it's going to have great video content, I strongly advise you to reconsider that position. Yeah, if, and for the record, if anything ever happens to me, it's going to be uh, either the Armenian mafia or like the Serbian mafia that come get me. Don't call them out now. <laughs> Don't do that. Your snuff film would get so many likes on, on LinkedIn. I mean, come on, man. That would be so viral. It would set the bar higher than we ever could. Well, Matt, here's a case for you. This just happened uh, yesterday. I know it's in Texas. It's not in Illinois, but take a look at this gentleman here. This is a guy. It says he's wearing a dog or a reindeer costume, and he fell through the roof of a liquor store. Well, they were trying to rob it. He caused thousands of dollars in damage. He and his buddy took off. What kind of legal advice do you have for these two gentlemen dressed up like dogs or, or reindeers on the lamb? It seems like that roof was probably inordinately dangerous. So maybe a property claim against the owner of the building for being injured as you tried to burglarize it or, or steal from it. Uh, I would also recommend you probably don't do that in the future. Probably turn yourself in if you've committed a crime. Uh, the best legal advice is always get a lawyer in the jurisdiction. Before you do anything, call an attorney, get the advice you need. And then if you need to make that property claim, I highly recommend you make that property claim. No, Paul, you've been all over the place. Where, where is, uh, where's the rest of the road taking you, and where have you been around America? So, uh, well, right now we're in St. Charles, Illinois. Yeah. I was actually at uh, visiting uh, Brokerage Simple Logistics. Thanks for the invite. They invited me right before this, so I was there. I have five days left in the United States. Uh, I'm actually going to go visit Molo Solutions right after this. Oh, nice. so, well, we're going to be on – Charlie Stafford is going to be on a podcast That's with, right. uh, with Matthew and I. Uh, and then going to visit Molo. I got a few more meetings next week, and then I'm back to Poland until January. So, so, there you go. Yeah. 
Well, stay Fun. safe out there, guys. Go we'll find go go to Freight man. Caviar. Subscribe to him on Instagram. Get his great newsletter. Subscribe to his <laughs> podcast. And Matt, where can people get some of your content as well? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter at Armchair Addy. That's A-T-T-Y. A-T-T-Y is the abbreviation for the word attorney. My dog, two-year-old Liberty Bell, is doing wonderful. And I look forward to talking with more people about interesting things in supply chain, law, and maintenance and repair. Well, Liberty Bell, meet Cowbell. Thank you there very you much go. for your time today. We look forward to uh, we look forward to part three. It'll be up on backthetruckup.com as soon as Paul finishes uh, penning that and everything clears uh, legal, I guess. And yeah. uh, he's safe and far away enough from uh, Armenian tracking devices. We yeah, well, I mean, he, he don't, they don't need to track him. He just gave the mafia his entire schedule until January. Here's so the thing, though. Exactly we, filmed right. this, we filmed this two days ago. So now that they're watching it, they've moved. They've moved to a oh, new okay. location. Right, so they're going to show up at the, uh, this is the fake house. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually mine. Nudge. This is a problem. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. We appreciate your time. See you guys. Take care. Take care. All right, it's Friday. Let's get to a little good news, bad news. Good news. Yeah, Hope everyone walks out good. of that one. Not good. All right, good news. Oh, okay. Long road trip finally found a port of potty, right? Thank you. Here's the bad news. It's attached to this crane. That Dooner's driving. <laughs> it's the flying pooper. <laughs> That's it. This is our boy, uh, Hellbent Hagen. I wonder if anybody's in it. Wow. <laughs> you ever do anything pooper. like that to your friend in a port of potty? You know, I've always felt that that's a little bit out of line to mess with somebody in a biohazard situation. That sort of package is like <laughs> yeah, okay. already like horrific enough, and I, I can't wait to get out of there quick enough. I knew I liked you. Hey, man, there's bad news, dude. You pre-ordered this Tesla Semi in 2017. It still has not arrived. Wait, who are these people randomly? Well, come over here. Get on stage. Who come over. These? Introduce yeah, yourself. You walking? can't just distract us. Yeah. Haley, get over here. Just say hi to, to the is lovely audience. Haley? Oh, there she is. There she come is. Over here. We're trying to do good news, bad news, and they're just walking past us. There's somebody else hands. over there who's afraid to get on here. You can no. help. You can use my mic here. Speak I'm into the mic. Hey, what, what? hey, everybody. Heather, come on. What brings you to what the truck? Heather won't come on. Showing someone around the great studio that we have. Well. What the truck? You have to talk yeah. into a mic. All right. Well, this, the production team said you're what ruining you the show, about? so okay. we have right. to kick you off now. But right. we Goodbye. appreciate you coming on here. Yeah. Go on. They're scoping out a pickleball court, I think. Yeah. I think they are. Right. <laughs> they What's are. going on with the semi? But, and so are you bad news? You, 2007 bad news. Good news. Look at that. Check it out. Tesla has launched a new site in support of the semi. And uh, so we got new pics and new videos, too. Yeah. And uh, so Sawyer Merritt tweeted the following as well. Breaking, Tesla has closed reservations for the Tesla Semi, but have completely revamped the Semi website with new pics, vids, info, and interior shots. The Semi will ha now have three independent motors down from four, huh. and it can recover 70% of its charge in 30 minutes. Is, is three motors better than four? Uh, or is it like a supply know. chain thing? Maybe it's a supply chain thing. Maybe it's so that they can get them out this year. I don't. I don't if know. You, if you notice on the specs that on the pre-order thing, they don't have the price anymore. Instead, they have the estimated savings. And instead, it says over three years, we estimate you could save up to two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand dollars over. I don't three know. Years, three that, independent that motors. Is. I don't know. Zero to sixty in twenty seconds. Well, what do you um, think? In white, the design doesn't look that different. They used to have the gray no. one on here. It looks basically no. the same. You think it looks cooler in white? Um. I, I would go all black myself. You go all black with yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I would. I would. All black with flames. Do you think it's really going to come out by the end of the year? 
I'm not going to bet that I would eat my shoe uh, with, uh, with tofu if it doesn't, but no, I don't think it is. Yeah. Rooster, yeah. our drivers on the back truck up team, they're not a fan of that center cockpit. They're oh, like, they're, they say this make, that makes no sense. Really? I, yeah. I thought it looked pretty cool. I don't know. Maybe they I want to see. I'm not a driver. Mr. can put his uh, schnauzer or whatever he's got over there, his rat terrier. Schnauzer. <laughs> he's got a naked mole rat, doesn't uh, he? And here's some bad news. There's a bear on the loose in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska. But here's the good news. You can uh, climb on top of your truck quickly. Let's take a look. Oh. That's a bear. <laughs> that is a bear. It is a bear. What is, that, like, is that like a circus bear? He's got some kind of collar on. Oh, did he really? Yeah, if you look look closely at his neck over there, I think he's got some kind of collar. You think it might be this dude's, like, pet or some shit? It, like, he just drives with him all the time? I don't know. I don't know. Are you allowed to drive with bear in, in Alaska? Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Who knows? I don't know. I got some good news, my friend. You are the Burj Khalifa of yeah. podcasts, which is true. Sure. You, you pretty much are. The tallest building in the world, and you're home to 12,000 workers and another 900 residents. Mm. Here's the bad news. You don't have a proper sewage system to flush out all these people's poop throughout the day, so you have to do this. Check this out. Yeah, I've always been a fan of how other countries overseas uh, handle all the heavy truck traffic. Dubai is like one of my favorites. Um, there is no sewage system at the Burj Khalifa, the really tall building that Tom Cruise scaled in the Mission Impossible movie. So they have to have all the sewage trucked out by trucks every morning. Uh, and it leads to like these insane traffic jams of just sewage trucks everywhere. Now, I went down the sewage truck rabbit hole when I saw this. And yeah. um, I was taking this at its word, and there was a comment that, uh, yeah. no, that's not true. They do yeah. have a sewage system. Right. So then I started Googling it. I got lost in a Reddit thread. I was yeah. reading this old Gizmondo article. Yeah. Well, it turns out both are right, I think. We haven't really been able to confirm it because people are still arguing about it, but I think both are right. I think that... Initially, it did not have the proper sewage system to remove everything. In 2015, they put some sort of sewage drainage thing in there, connected the yeah. building to it, so they've had to use less poop trucks since. Yeah, yeah, that's what I got into. It was one claiming that, well, this is not really researched very well, that kind of thing. But apparently this was going on at least shortly after it was built. They, they think there was some sort of thing that was connected to it. Apparently the city just did not have much of a good... Uh, sewage system to begin with. I mean, I know someone in Dubai, they said this absolutely was a thing. They also sort of yeah. confirmed that after that 2016, they believed yeah. it was, or 2017, they hadn't seen nearly the amount of poop trucks leaving from that place. Yeah, which would validate the theory that this was the case, but it's getting better or is solved. Right? I Something would think like so. that. It's somewhere, so. we're somewhere. Unsolved mysteries. Poop to poop or not to poop. If you know That's for certain, question. if you're like the building engineer over at the Burj, let us know. We were very uh, curious on what's uh, flushing over there or what's not flushing. Yeah. Give us a ring, man. Here, here's some good news. You ordered a box of cigars, right? Thompson yeah. Cigar Company Cigars, your favorite stogie. So you can't wait to fire <laughs> up a few sticks with the boys over Eight the weekend. Have yourself a good time. Here's Love the it. bad news. Oh, a woman in Memphis, she told WERG, when I lifted it, my first sign was, wow, these are heavy. And then when I opened it, to my surprise, it was filled with blue license plates. That's right. Instead of a box of cigars... The UBS dropped off 100 brand new Tennessee license plates. What? And apparently Shelby County has like a huge backlog of these things. Like people in the town aren't getting license plates. So they don't want to wait in line to get the license plates. It was like early days of COVID vaccine or something. Like you just get like getting a license plate. What? It's like a Russian toilet paper line during the 1980s under Gorbachev, you know? So is Thompson Cigar in Shelby County, I guess? I know. Here's the weirdest thing, though. She said she showed the return uh, address on the box and the packing slip and everything checked out. It's just the cigars were gone. 
and 100 license plates were there. She said she called the cigar company and said, that's impossible. We don't make license plates around here. And where would she get turned to UPS. They said, we can't take it back. That's uh, It's already been open. She turned to the town. They said if we didn't lose any of the inventory. Eventually, the town did take it. Eventually, Thompson sent her her stick. So she's lighting up them cigars like you'll be this weekend. Find me on Twitter. at Don't be a stranger and tell them how to be. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere.